Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is Bay Curious. I'm Olivia Allen Price. We don't normally profile real estate listings on this show, but this one was too yabba-dabba-doo to pass up. The Flintstone House, as Peninsula locals call it, is back on the market for the reduced price of $3.2 million. If you've ever driven northbound on 280 in the area, you know what I'm talking about. Off the side of the road sits a group of tubular concrete domes painted bright orange and purple. Ever wonder what it would be like to live there? KQED South Bay arts reporter Rachel Myro was curious, so she went to check it out. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. In two miles, take exit 36 toward Black Mountain Road and Hay Road have been wondering about this thing for years, but it took this assignment to get me to go see this unofficial local landmark. Turn right onto Berryessa Way, then the destination is on your left. Siri leads me through a series of Hillsborough streets that look like something out of the Brady Bunch, that is to say, sedate, one-story ranch homes, circa the 1960s. Am I in the right place? (laughs) Can't miss it, there it is. Locals name this the Flintstone House because it looks like one of the domed houses you might see in the 1960s Hanna-Barbera cartoon. And this place does look like it could be home to Fred and Wilma. Everything is round, including most of the doors and windows. And just to stress, this thing is bright orange on the outside. 
I'm Judy Mushki. I'm the listing agent for 45 Berryessa Way, uh, commonly known as the Flintstone House. Judy, is it fair to say this is the most eccentric house you've ever uh, been involved with listing? Yes. Mushki says many people are surprised when they walk inside this 2,700-square-foot, three-bedroom, two-bathroom home. They expect something cave-like, dark, musty, weird. Instead, the interior is a meditation in cream with orange accents. The current owner, who keeps a low profile and doesn't want her name used for this story, has done a lot of work on the place over the more than two decades she's lived here. Now, this is my favorite room. Uh, we call it the conversation pit. And uh, this is the tallest dome that you see outside. Inside the dome, in the conversation pit, there's tons of natural light and a great view of the Crystal Springs Reservoir out of the window, which is shaped as many of the windows in this home are, like an amoeba. Everything accentuates the biomorphic quality of the place. Even the walls are curved. You don't hang a painting, you set it on the floor and lean it back. But it's cozy, it's really uh, livable. I love the house. Mushki is showing me around because the owner has moved out to a smaller place, not too far from here. The original owners built the home in 1977. True to the 70s, there's a step-down wet bar. The kitchen, remodeled in the 2000s, looks like a biotech lab designed by Gustav Klimt. The glass countertop is shaped like it's spilled into a curvaceous U. Curly cues are drawn into the stucco and the wood doors of custom-built alcoves, unless they're open, lit, and painted bright orange and yellow. The stainless steel appliances are the only conventional things in the room. It's like pieces of jewelry. Now, just as you can see the Flintstone house from 280, you can see 280 from the Flintstone house in most of the rooms. But unless you step outside, you don't really hear the freeway any more than you would from the neighboring houses. Do you want to go outside? Sure. It's a gorgeous day. As we mentioned at the top of this story, the Flintstone house is on the market. 3.2 million is not outrageous in Hillsboro. It seems though like it's been a, a challenge to find the the right kind of person, somebody wealthy enough to purchase this uh, property, I, property, but open-minded enough. Yeah, I think the pool of buyers uh, is much smaller because the house is not conventional. That's putting it mildly, but I also asked a few architects for their studied opinions. Uh, no, I don't think it's hideous. Pierre Luigi Sereno is an architect in Alameda who also writes books about architectural history. I find it uh, in many respects endearing. It's, you know, an expression of its time. In the late 1970s, he says, people were more comfortable letting their freak flag fly. There have always been certain strands in architecture that tried to establish some relationship with the organic world. The non-rectilinear quality of the place makes you think of the famous Spanish architect Antoni Gaudi, or, if you're me, another animated television series. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? But seriously, a number of American architects were inspired to try wacky things as far back as the turn of the last century, when a new building technology was developed known as shotcrete. It's a process in which concrete is sprayed through a hose at high velocity under the frame of, say, steel rebar and mesh frames. Shockcrete is a way to essentially create a, a sculptural fantasy 
that then you cover with uh, this uh, layer of uh, uh, fluid stone. When you think about it, it's kind of crazy other homeowners in the San Francisco Bay Area haven't built more outlandish experiments like the Flintstone House. I did check with Hillsborough's planning division, and there aren't any rules against wacky per se. But most locals seem content to satisfy their curiosity by renting out the Flintstone House on Airbnb. They're mostly local people, and they really love staying here. Once somebody buys the house, there's no telling if you'll still be able to rent it out, but you can check it out online. We've got tons of photos of the house on baycurious.org. And this is really a visual story. You've got to see the house to believe it. Now, Rachel, while you're here, I understand you have an update on a Bay Curious story we dropped a few weeks ago about a secret message being beamed out over San Jose. That's right. So as you'll recall, I did a story on the San Jose semaphore, a puzzle people pass by all the time in downtown San Jose. It's a set of four orange lights flashing on the top of one of Adobe's office towers. Those lights, Olivia, are flashing out a code nobody has cracked for more than four years. Until now. Exactly. And get this, the guy who figured it out is a high school math teacher from Tennessee. His Hmm. name is Jimmy Waters. Can you describe how he cracked the code in terms maybe a non-math teacher might understand? I'll try, given that I myself am not a math teacher either. So Jimmy Waters started on Adobe's website. He read about how the first code was cracked in 2006. This is actually the second code that's been up. So Waters knew those flashing lights had to be read as numbers. The eureka moment, his first eureka moment, I should say, came after that when he plugged those numbers into a graph. You know, this kind of looks like those waves that you would get for an audio file. Which just warms my heart as a podcast host. So what was the secret message? So initially, Waters had the audio running too fast. His second eureka moment was when he realized he needed to slow it down. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. The audio from the lunar landing in 1969. That was the most famous line I just played there. That was spoken by, of course, Neil Armstrong. And I I thought that that was neat that it was something that was so instantly recognizable as soon as I I heard that. Clever. So clever. And from when he started to try to crack the code to when he finished, it only took him a month? Apparently the world is full of very smart people. Not me, but lots of people. (laughs) So does the artist who created the San Jose semaphore plan to come up with another coded message? Yes. Ben Rubin says he's working on it. It might take him a little time, though, because he's got to come up with something challenging enough for people like Jimmy Waters. Well, keep an eye on that for us, Rachel, and let us know. In the meantime, we want more of your questions about arts and culture on the peninsula and in the South Bay. You know, something like, are there any farms left in the Valley of Hearts Delight, also known as Silicon Valley? Or why is San Jose only now getting a BART station? Let us know what you've always been wondering at baycurious.org. KQD's South Bay Arts reporter, Rachel Myro, thank you so much. Thank you. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco and Silicon Valley at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. I'll meet you here next week. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? 
Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks.